The True False Film Fest is an annual documentary film festival in Colombia that attracts filmmakers and thousands of filmgoers from across the globe. Year after year, throngs of people queue up at film locations in hopes of seeing something that moves them or even changes them in some way. The coronavirus pandemic has disrupted plans made by Ragtag Cinema and the True False Film Fest. On top of those changes, the Ragtag Film Society had a shift in leadership in June. Now, Barbie Banks, Camelia Cosgray, and Aaron Lieberman are the new co-executive directors of the society. So what can we expect from this trio in the coming months? I'm your host, Gaby Morera de Nuila, and here's our reporter, Jesse Ballman, in conversation with Barbie Banks, Camelia Cosgray, and Aaron Lieberman. Welcome to Vox Voice. Thank you guys for joining me this morning or this afternoon. Um, let's jump right into it. What are each of your roles as co-executive directors? Now, now we have to, like, do we go alphabetical order? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we all have the same title as co-executive director or co-custodians, as we like to be called. Um, and... You know, we have the same job. We just kind of supervise different parts of the organization. And those are pretty fluid also in that while I might be the person who's over operations, I'm often calling on Aaron and Camelia to guide me in that or they're jumping in to help with stuff. And um, and it's that's kind of the beauty of the model of three people at the top. Yeah, it's nice to you. So you guys are like tri directors. You can kind of split that between the three of you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was a part of our, you know, desire to be a more agile organization. Um, you know, so we, we see uh, the, the different departments that we oversee or, or buckets, as I <laughs> like to call them, you know, as, as being flexible. I think that we, we set it up the way that we did this year to, um, to try to just set ourselves up for success. You know, the areas of the organization that we kind of knew the most about, had the most institutional knowledge, like those are the areas that, that we're driving. Um, but we all collaborate on almost everything. I mean, it's it's really, you know, we kind of keep each other up to date or, or, or get feedback, um, you know, and certainly work with different people across the org, uh, just depending on on what's needed. And, and it lets us sort of be, be flexible, lets us, you know, pick everybody's brains to make sure that we're doing uh, the best that we, we can. You guys can kind of fall back on each other, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, you all have um, 30 years of experience combined working with Ragtag Film Society. Um, so I guess I want to ask, how did each of you get started? Um, yeah, well, I know Barbie and I have kind of similar stories. I uh, started... Gosh, it's been like 11 years ago now, something like that, um, more or less as a volunteer. Um, my first year, I coordinated the True Life Fund, um, and that wasn't quite the right fit. And so then I ended up volunteering the next year with the um, art and production team. And um, and then not long after that, I was asked to uh, head up an installation, the um, map that is located at the Globe Theater at the um, uh, First Presbyterian Church on um, Hit Street right next to Ragtag. 
Um, and this was all for, for the fest. Um, and so, uh, after doing that project with that, which at the time, like felt like this uh, incredible achievement that I had never like, <laughs> like would never have thought would, would be possible, um, to do in such a short amount of time. It's huge. It's a huge piece and it still hangs in the church, um, year round. Um, and then I, every year after that, I just kept doing more and more and, here we are. When I think about the the making the map, like that was one of the things that made me like kept me coming back was that experience of like working. It wasn't just me. There was like I had like tons of volunteers helping with helping me, and there was just like a whole community of people making that happen. And that's it was a real microcosm of what the fest and the and and the cinema are all about. Yeah, and one of my first years volunteering was at the Globe Theater, and I. Uh, ripped Camellia's beautiful piece of art when I was moving a chair and I thought well this will be my last year volunteering (laughs) (laughs) but the community was and Camellia were just great and oh that's an easy fix and they got up there and fixed it and um, it's you know it's beautiful as ever now and so but my that year volunteering I was a queen and I loved it and it was a great time but I was like I'm gonna work full-time for this organization someday because I like being a part of art and cool things, and that is exactly what our organization does. And I started, as my first job with the org was in hospitality, and I ran their hospitality team. And I still get to do a lot of stuff with hospitality because it's one of my favorites. And it's really important to our organization that we are hospitable in everything that we do. And so, um, and then from there, just sort of kept working my way up, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and all, all three of us started in a moment when the festival and the cinema operations were, were really very separate. And so that's been a really exciting part of our more recent evolution um, that, that, you know, we, we all started on the, on the fest, um, but, you know, ha- have always appreciated the, the sort of core of like the the organization has been like this space at ragtag cinema and like so many people like during the festival are like packed into this this wonderful building that has you know all of these cool things happening all in in one tiny space um and so that's been really exciting to kind of you know intentionally grow those two projects together over the last few years yeah um barbara you mentioned being a queen can you describe what being a q queen is for the listeners Yeah. A Q Queen is a flamboyant mobile information station. So um, we we dress up and we are assigned to one venue and you have to know the ins and outs of the festival, but especially at your venue. And, um, you know, we have a pretty, it's not complicated in that it can't be done. It's just a complicated ticket reservation system. But we also have a queue that allows anybody who didn't get to reserve a ticket to get into the movie, or attempt at least to get into the movie. And the queue, the queue queen monitors that. So they hand out a place in line an hour before the film. And then um, depending on how many ticket holders show up, then they let people in off of that queue. So, and it is, I would say, a unique thing for a festival to have these, um, you know, information stations that are human standing around. And we take a lot of pride in them. And our Q queens are very integral to what we do here. And they're doing it for the community and making um, 
I don't know, Columbia, better place to live by just dressing in crazy outfits. So yes, they are like a ray of light at the festival. (laughs) (laughs) And many of them spend like their entire year planning their outfit for the next year. So like as soon as the fest is over, they start thinking about the fall the next year. Yeah, we we had to tell, you know, when we were figuring out when to move the festival dates to like the Queens were one of the first people we had to tell like, okay, it's going to be warmer out. You don't, your outfits don't have to be like for March. They have to be for May now. So, it, yeah. you know, kind of give them a heads up. <laughs> Peel off the layers. <laughs> yeah. um, why have each of you stuck with Ragtag Film Society and True Balls for all these years? Well, I love Columbia so much. I will be mayor one day. And I think it's the greatest thing in Columbia. And when I moved here and started learning about it, um, I I knew that it was important and life-changing for many Colombians. And I think that's why I stick with it. I also really, really love the people that I work with. And we have just such a great team. And going through the pandemic together, I think we're going to be like forever bonded. (laughs) Even as people move on, we'll, we'll be sticking together. And so I just think what we do is really great for our community. And in turn, it's really great for myself and that's a little selfish, but that's why I stick around. For me, you know, I think there's this tendency for people to think that, to sort of view art as being um, sort of superfluous, like that it's maybe not something that is, it's not like an, uh, it's not like a necessary thing to have in your life. And I, that's something that I just completely disagree with. Like I, I feel like it is an essential part of being a human being. Um, like we can't really, it's I think it's much harder to have empathy. It's harder to, um, understand other people. It's harder to engage with the world if you if you are not given the opportunity to engage with art in all of its forms. And so I am very grateful to be a part of an organization that it champions art in all of its forms um, and has for the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate all of those things. I think there is something, you know, really wonderful about all the people that that we work with. Um, I think there's also something really special about, you know, our our vision. And I am, you know, I am, I am like a doer, an operations logistics brain. And so like, I feel like for a number of years, I was just like, okay, how do I just help make this thing happen? And how do I help make this thing more efficient? Because I believe so much in the idea. And, you know, when we were doing um, the, we did a big uh, sort of strategic planning uh, session last spring and summer. And, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, in moments, dry organizational stuff, and then sometimes like really inspiring and wonderful that we're thinking about, oh, yeah, this is why we do what we do. Um, and we kept coming back to this idea of, of like this ragtag spirit of the organization and everybody everybody knew what we were talking about. Everyone had a, had a hard time or like had a little bit different way of actually articulating what that was, but everybody knew, you know, what what that feeling was and um and so yeah i think we have something really special and really multifaceted and um it's it's not something that i've seen a lot of other places um and in a lot of other um you know roles that i've had so it's yeah it's sort of this cycle of uh 
of excitement and challenge and community. Yeah, it is exciting. I, I like that idea of the ragtag spirit. I feel like everyone who's been to the festival knows exactly what you're talking about, even if they can't describe it. <laughs> um, so as the pandemic is raging on, what does, what does planning for True Pulse and the ragtag cinema look like now? Yeah, well, <laughs> for True Pulse, I feel like um, every day there are more questions. <laughs> every time we uh, answer a question, we come up with more questions. Um, but I'm also really excited about what we're planning for May. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be very different, obviously, for a lot of reasons, but it's also going to still be true-false, and it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, yeah, so we, we are planning on doing everything outside um, at Stevens Lake Park. Um, we will have a what we're calling a downtown day on the, the Friday of the festival, um, where we'll focus a lot of our um, programming and events and stuff uh, downtown uh, during the day. Um, we will be showing films at night, obviously, because we can't show films outside during the day. <laughs> um, so we'll be focusing a lot during the day on music and art and um, other aspects of the festival with films at night. So, I mean, I think as far as planning organizationally, like it's all just one step at a time. Like Camelia said, we have so many questions. And so we're trying to be, you know, methodical. Like we know how to plan a festival. Like we know we have um, awesome people with, with different skill sets and different perspectives that we'll be able to pull something off. But we're also kind of going back to the drawing board. Um, I mean, one thing that will be consistent between cinema and festival planning is that we will stay in touch with the health department and figure out what's possible and what feels right to our audiences. Um, and, you know, we felt like we had to kind of plan for the festival as if it were happening right now and not assuming that things are going to be better in May. Um, maybe they will be and that'll be awesome. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to uh, run with the outdoor thing because we've seen that that's what, what our audiences are comfortable doing. Um, and so, so yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what restrictions are necessary and what, you know, what our capacities need to look like. And we'll just sort of methodically, you know, kind of check, check things off the list and figure out, okay, this, this thing is solid. And, you know, next week, something else becomes solid because there's so much uncertainty, <laughs> which is maybe a good uh, kick to talk about our theme if you want to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this year's theme is the nature of uncertainty. Um, I have to admit, I don't usually like, it takes me a while to get to like my pithy uh, <laughs> uh, encapsulation of the theme and I have not gotten there yet because I haven't been talking about it very much. <laughs> yeah, um, we're, we're still pre-pith, yes. as someone said at our <laughs> meeting the other day. <laughs> um, we definitely knew fairly early on that we wanted to think about the idea of uncertainty, but weren't sure exactly how to create, like what that tagline was going to be and what that, what that um, verbiage was going to be. Um, but ultimately the nature of uncertainty felt right partially because, um, because of the sort of like practical reason that we are going to be outside. And so the word nature like 
uh, kind of invoke, evokes that feel, the feeling of being outside for obvious reasons. And we want people to be kind of thinking about that as, um, as they're engaging with the fest in whatever way. Um, but also for me, like what's, what's interesting about that phrase is, well, it's not a question. There is an inherent, a question inherent in it. Like what is the nature of uncertainty? And, you know, I, we don't presume to have the answer to that question, but really want people to be thinking about it and, and um, exploring it as again, as they, as they engage with the festival and everything that we do. So. We give um, prompts to artists uh, to submit for t-shirt designs or art installations. And one of them is ritual as an antidote for uncertainty. And um, I, that's like my favorite prompt, mostly because I really enjoy tradition and stuff. But I hope that's what comes out of the festival is that it feels completely different. But there's these moments where you're like, oh, that's true, false, you know, like maybe it's a Q queen, or maybe it's campfire stories that has never really been outside. And now it's going to be outside, you know, so that we can keep some of these rituals and feelings that we've had for 17 years of the fest and be able to keep it while it being totally different than it ever has been before. Yeah, and one piece of our theme um, every year is that there is some um, reference or tie-in with filmmaking itself that, you know, we all of our themes, I think, can be explored through that lens. Um, and so documentary filmmaking, like, very clearly has, has these massive elements of uncertainty. And you have an idea and you have... A concept maybe you know maybe you even have a script depending on what you're what you're looking to do but but when you're dealing with reality there are always going to be unknowns and you know people's stories you know shift in unexpected ways and um, and you know so then certainly in editing a film you know maybe you you discover a through line that you hadn't planned on or whatever that is um, so so that's another uh, way to look at it mm -hmm. Yeah, and something that um, I don't think is has ever been intentional, but that I've noticed pretty much every year since I've started working for the fest is that there's like this point with the theme where I'm like, oh, this theme is also about like the experience of making a festival happen. <laughs> and I think this year's is more like clear to me, like right away, like, oh yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's um, full of uncertainty and full of, um, exploring all of those questions full of uncertainty i'm certain you guys will pull it off though <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> um, kind of shifting gears here how do each of your personalities complement each other when working together as tri-directors <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go first <laughs> i know <laughs> i um am probably the most extroverted of the three of us and can talk to anybody. I'm the world's worst proofreader. And those two things are really balanced out with uh, Chameleon Aaron. So I can take the lead on any public speaking that we have to do pretty off the cuff and um, talk to anybody. I also think I can calm nerves at time, but if you give me a paper to, to edit, it's not going to happen. And so while I'm out, <laughs> doing some schmoozing, I can, I know I can rely on these two to be taking care of some of the other things that I'm not as good at. And it's really nice. Like being, I ran a 
festival at Stevens College and being at the top by yourself is just not as fun. <laughs> and it makes it a lot harder. And there was times where I know my friends were annoyed because I just wanted to talk to them about work. And now it's like, I get to annoy my two coworkers <laughs> by constantly talking about work, you know, and it just makes it a lot easier and nicer to know that you don't have to be perfect. Just the other day, we were working with somebody and they said, nobody is perfect, but a team can be perfect. And I'm like, we're doing that. <laughs> we have this, this tri group that is just working amazingly together. Mm -hmm. And we're all humans. So like everybody has their off day and it's just really wonderful that like in moments where, you know, one of us feels a little bit less motivated or less inspired or, you know, like I just need to focus on some straightforward tasks for a minute or I just need to rest because I have a headache that like we're complementing each other in that way also that, you know, we're, we're people and, and as a, you know, nonprofit organization that, that is so rooted in community, like we, we really care about putting people first and and certainly through the pandemic you know like everybody's mental health is is the most important thing i mean physical health as well um but you know taking care of each other and taking care of of our employees and our our audiences and everyone that engages with us mm -hmm. is part of that yeah i think too like i mean this isn't necessarily like our personalities but we do sort of like balance each other as far as expertise and just like knowledge with the fest like i started out with in production and operations to a certain extent and Aaron did a lot with box office and you know the program book and Barbie with hospitality and and being a Q queen and so like bringing all of those pieces together um, has been really useful um, and then with the cinema Barbie was the um, cinema director for a couple of years before uh, we became uh, co-custodians and so and I worked there a little bit during my tenure and so we've we've got we've got all this knowledge about the organization that um, together basically means we know everything <laughs> the three of us plus a bunch of other people who are work for the organization but um, but it's really useful to have that that combination as well and do each of you have like a favorite part of the festival and like kind of thinking about how it's going to translate over to this year's Oh, I, I remember my my thought, which was like the favorite part of the festival is that moment when like the thing that we internally have been planning for so long, like comes to life and, and takes on a life of its own and takes on ownership by all of the volunteers and all of the guests and all of the patrons. And so you've been holding this thing for so long and, and like waiting to bring it into the world and then it becomes its own, you know, uh, entity. Uh, and so that's a really exciting moment when you sort of like, you know, I'm trying to refrain from the birthing analogy, but that feels like part of it, you know, that, you know, you, you bring something to life. It's really cool. Yeah, your dream comes to life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think about um, the, it's, it's not like necessarily any one thing. It's sort of like the, the, the quiet moments that you can find like throughout the fest. And I definitely feel like I'll be able to find those this year, you know, and it's sort of like a, just a, a moment to take a breath and just like really appreciate like what's happening around you um, and what, you know, what, what the community has come together to create. Um, I mean, I think, I guess one of my, 
favorite events that we do is Give Me Truth. And we haven't totally figured out how that's going to work, but we are planning on doing it. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to figure that out and, and see, see what we come up with there. I love the parade and there's this moment, usually uh, I'm at the bot, like where the parade ends and just looking up the ninth street and seeing all these people gathered for this thing that we work so hard for and, and having so much fun, even when it's been raining or snowing or weirdly hot, <laughs> like people, it's always so much fun. And I think this year, you know, we're kind of, we're planning to do two different parades, one in March and then one in May. Um, and that really excites me to think about having multiple moments like that, where we get to share this exciting thing. And, and, you know, I, I don't know for fact, but I think we're one of the only festivals with the parade. So um, it's nice to know that that's like a unique thing to Columbia and that people who don't even attend the films come out for the parade. And it's a kind of a way to give back to our community, even if, you know, cinema is not your thing. So. Yeah, I love the parade. I'm glad you guys are going to have it in March as well. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are each of your guys' goals as co-executive directors? Um, well, so, you know, we, we put a lot of thought into um, the new organizational structure that we proposed to the board in uh, whenever that was, June, May, May June. or June. Um, and, you know, I think that, like, we knew it was going to be really hard because of the pandemic, and we knew that it wasn't going to be a typical year, but that, you know, given our tenure at the organization, we, we each cared about, you know, um, a couple of key things that we we boiled down in that in that proposal and and so i'll i'll address one thing that that was near and dear to me which is the idea of making this a sustainable organization um especially as we have just kind of more recently come been bringing the two projects together you know i think that the festival um and the cinema and getting getting those uh systems in place, getting, getting roles, um, you know, efficient and rewarding and, um, you know, kind of, kind of the systems piece of it is, is where my, <laughs> my brain, uh, fits into the puzzle. Um, and I think that like, you know, and, and that includes systems that support people that make seasonal, intense seasonal work sustainable as a long-term, job, which, you know, I, I know a lot of people, I myself for a while, and and I know a lot of people who work for the festival are, are seasonal festival workers. And so you do three months here and you do three months there and it's, it's you know, it's it's always sort of intense and, and a whirlwind. And um, it was it was really meaningful to me when I stopped doing that and, and this started to be a full-time job for me. Um, and so, you know, I think that we've gone through as an organization, we've had this sort of initial um, phase of, uh, you know, of, of being entrepreneurial and, and cutting edge and, and um, you know, we had, you know, these two co-founders who, who put um, so much love and time and energy into, into making the festival um, and now we get to kind of pick up the baton and and make it like a truly sustainable business that's not really 
as much focused on an entrepreneurial spirit, although we will always innovate, we will always encourage innovation because, you know, that's essential to what we do and as an arts organization. But, um, but I'm really excited to, to kind of lay that groundwork that, that you know, makes this um, sustainable in the long term. Um, one of my goals, and of this is a collective goal, is of making the organization a little bit more feminist and social justice minded. You know, not changing our mission to become a social justice organization, but to always be keeping to keep um, our approach to leadership more feminist. So, you know, uh, focus on values and emotional health. And I think being a servant leader is part of that. And really taking a more collaborative approach to everything that we do. We, we are very collaborative. It's one of our strengths, but to really be intentional about what the hierarchy looks like and how that isn't a barrier for innovation and new ideas and making everybody feel good and safe at work. Yeah, I mean, I think on a uh, more like short term <laughs> goal is just to make it get it through this the pandemic and um, come out the other side and 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 I that maybe seems kind of obvious, but like, it's going to feel like such a huge um, accomplishment. And I do I do believe that that we will that we will get through it. Um, I think, you know, a sort of more longer term goal for me is to um is to really like actively um engage with our with the community with with more of the community as far as like um going back to what i was saying earlier about art being essential to to being human like i feel like that is something that is really missing from you know like the sort of uh, collective discourse. And so I think providing more opportunities for people to really um, think about that idea and be in and, and engage with what we're doing as an organization and like see the see the value that it brings to their to their lives, but also and to the community. Yeah, yeah I think it would be a big achievement to pull it off this this year <laughs> in, it, in and of itself, you know. Um, yeah. And so as directors of a film festival, can you guys tell me what some of your favorite movies are? I won't ask you what your favorite movie is because that question's really hard. People ask it is really hard. <laughs> I know. It's like I want to be very um intellectual and talk about it, but like my favorite movie is Romeo and Juliet, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. So like I just really appreciate films that make you feel good and like one of our programmers who um, has moved on from the organization, Chris Bachman, he was brilliant at watching films and programming. And I always thought there's no way I can chat with him about film. And he's like, if you like it, it's a good film. And that's the approach I've always taken of like, do I enjoy watching uh, Romeo and Juliet? Yes. And so it's a good film for me. And, um, and I think that's, what's been great about working at Ragtag too, is that you just expand your mind all the time with films like films that you wouldn't necessarily have picked just by the description you come in because you try you trust our organization and what we pick and so it's been pretty cool to do that and working 
um, at the cinema with our projectionist Steve Ruffin has been a film history lesson. Like he's constantly talking about film. He knows so much about it. And he'll just all of a sudden rec send you a text with like five films that he thinks you should watch that you talked about, you know, a week ago. And so it, that's been one of the best parts of working here is like, oh, okay, now I get this history. Because I don't think any of us went to school for film. Did you, Aaron? Was that your... I did a so film studies like, uh, minor, but yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that wasn't a thing in my past. And so it's been fun to do that. But yeah, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I love that because one of my favorite films is Moulin Rouge. So Camelia, you have to say Strictly Ballroom is your favorite <laughs> film because apparently we all love Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> I did like that movie. I did like it. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites. I feel like that would be a really fun personality yeah. test, like of the uh, Sacred Trilogy or the Red Curtain yeah. Trilogy. <laughs> um, one of my favorite uh, things that we do at the cinema is the Homebrewed series, which is like low budget films uh, made in the United States. And my favorite one from last year, which was actually, I think it was my favorite film from last year or one of was Diamantino. It was so fantastic. It was about this um, famous soccer player who like truly amazing. He, when he was on the pitch and like about to score a goal, he would see gigantic puppies on the pitch. So he was just like surrounded by these huge puppies and it just got weirder and more <laughs> it's an amazing from there. So I would definitely recommend um, trying to track that one down. Um, I also might, one of my all time favorite movies is LA confidential, which is a little, maybe a little closer to Moulin Rouge and, and uh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. tie it all in. Um, yeah. One of my, one of my favorite recent films that we showed was um, the 40 year old version, which was just incredible and just had me like, feeling all the feels, laughing, crying. I mean, it was, it was great. Last question here. What do you think is in store for the future of documentary filmmaking? I think, well, we, I think we're going to see a lot of pandemic documentaries in the next <laughs> years. <Yeah. laughs> uh, just that uh, people get to tell their own stories, that there's some decolonization of documentary so it's not just white people telling stories of other people and um i think we're trying to do you know that's always in our the forefront of our minds and we're some of the leaders in doc film so i hope we can play a role in that making that happen that was barbie banks as well as camelia cosgray and aaron lieberman in conversation with jesse ballman Thank you to everyone for joining us. You can attend Ragtag Cinema now to see showings of films, but you'll have to wait until May 2021 for the True False Film Fest. And that wraps this episode and season of Box Voice. Thank you for supporting our show and this new batch of interviews. Who do you want to hear next season on Box Voice? Email us your answers at box at missouri.edu. We'll be back next year, but in the meantime, keep up with us at boxmagazine.com. If you don't want to miss a thing, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast service so future episodes will be in your feed when we return. If you like the season, we'd love it if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Until 2021, thank you for listening. <laughs>